Hey, I'm pumped, all right? Why? Because this is the first in-person service of the new year, y'all. Come on, I'm so pumped for that. It's a new year. It's a new year, but it's, it's the same old radical. Come on, we still loving people uh, the same way that Jesus does, okay? And we're just gonna believe that God has a great, great new season for us to walk into this new year. And, um, you know, you go into a new year and everybody does this one thing uh, that we all probably shouldn't do because most of us don't actually do them, okay? Which is New Year's resolutions. Come on now. We're nine days into the new year. How many of you already failed your New Year's resolutions? Come on, let me see. Let me see. We got some here. Uh, some of y'all still holding on. Like you're just barely like, no, I haven't failed completely, but I'm just kind of like barely hanging on. Listen, you failed, okay? So uh, the reason is, is because 80 to 90% of the New Year's resolutions that we make, most of us will not uh, actually follow through with them. We won't see them all the way through. Many make them, but most don't keep them, all right? And, and the problem with New Year's resolutions is it's usually about something that is kind of out of control in your life. That's usually what we do with New Year's resolutions, something that you wanna either rein back in. You're like, well, this is kind of getting out of control. I need to rein this back in. Or something that you stopped doing or you're not doing that you wanna start doing, okay? Like, hey, I haven't been doing this and I need to be doing this in my life. And it could be lots of different things. There's all kinds of news resolutions that we make. Um, could be working out, all right? I'll be talking a little bit about lifting weights today, some illustrations. I, I love working out, haven't done it in a while. I started running actually a little bit with Alec in December and then I got COVID and I don't know when I'm going back to running. So I'm just gonna be honest, guys. Uh, so New Year's resolution already out the door. Okay, there's that one. Uh, but maybe it's eating rights. You might be somebody that uh, you go out to eat all the time and you're like, hey, listen, uh, self, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna start eating right. We're gonna maybe start having some more home-cooked meals. We're not gonna go eat out. We're not gonna spend as much money. Maybe it's a financial thing for you, man. We gotta pull back on the spending or maybe you're gonna start something new, start a new business. Hey, I have this dream of starting something new uh, that's gonna be a moneymaker for us and our family. I believe this is what God wants me to do. Whatever that might be, it might be a spiritual thing for you. A lot of people make spiritual New Year's resolutions, right? Like they'll say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray more. I'm gonna read my Bible more. I'm gonna go to church more. Come on, I'm gonna go to church more. Somebody say amen. Come on now. Uh, or maybe you find yourself on social media a ton, like TikTok has just taken you over, okay? I'm telling you, y'all, I don't know how it does it, but I will be scrolling TikTok and then about five minutes later, four hours have passed. And I just don't know how that's... I don't know how that happens, but it does. And uh, maybe you just need to get off that a little bit and, and, and be a little bit more productive potentially. Uh, you're on Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, all these kinds of streaming services we have. And you say, man, I need to get off of that. Uh, and I need to rein that back in a little bit and start doing something more productive. Maybe spend time with my family, whatever that is for you. New Year's resolutions are something that many of us like to make, but most of us don't usually follow through on. And we have a new series and it's called Habits. We're starting it today. And so I'm glad that you're here at the very beginning uh, because this is gonna be a, a very transformative series for some of you. I will say some of you because not all of you will walk on this journey with us, okay? But what I'm asking you to do over the next four weeks is to go on a journey of consistency with me. Go on a journey of discipline with me for the next four weeks. Now, discipline is not a word that we generally like to hear, right? That normally has a negative connotation. But let me tell you, discipline is actually one of the most spiritual things that you can learn. Discipline is very important because here's the deal. Habits are formed through consistency. 
Habits are formed through consistently. I'm gonna say this right here. Successful people do consist, uh, consistently what other people do occasionally. One more time, because I stuttered. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So if you wanna be successful, you have to be consistent in whatever it is that you choose to do, whether it's a New Year's resolution, whether it's just your regular everyday life. If you wanna be a successful person, successful people usually have discipline down, okay? They just have it down. They wake up every morning at 4.30, you know, whatever, you know what I'm talking about? Like the CEOs that you hear about, like I get up at 4.30, I have a breakfast, I do this, I do this, and they have their day completely planned out. Why are they successful? Because they have learned how to be disciplined and how to form healthy habits in their lives. And so we're gonna talk about four different healthy habits for you and your life that are all biblically based. And then each week, we're gonna have a weekly challenge that goes along with that habit. So uh, at the very end of this message, I'll tell you what the weekly challenge is for you for this week. And then if you really wanna take it a step further, okay, let me tell you, some of y'all are gonna be overachievers here and I love it, all right? But um, so if you wanna take it a step further, what you can do is you can stack them week over week. So you do the weekly habit for one week and the next week I'll give you the next one and then you do both of them for that week. And then if you wanna do the three and then the four and then hopefully by the end of the four weeks, you'll have started to see that your life will be completely different because of some healthy biblical habits that we're developing in our lives. Amen, sound good? All right, let's do this. So, um, you know, 2021, uh, going into 2022 uh, has not necessarily been the best, okay? So, uh, you know, we hoped that by now that, that COVID, we would have figured it out, right? We're gonna figure out this disease, okay? And we figured it out somewhat, but not completely, okay? And it, we know there's a lot of people that are still sick and people are dealing with things all over the world. And, and it just hasn't been what we thought it would be in 2020 when they said two weeks to stop the spread. And we're like, yeah, it'll be fine, you know? And then here we are two years later and it's like, man, it's just completely changed everything. It hasn't been the greatest transition into the new year that some of us would have hoped for. And I think that many times we get into situations in our lives, and I don't know, you might be on cloud nine right now, but for a lot of people, they might be going through some stuff. And, and I think this is universal. That maybe you've been going through something in your life and when it gets like so, so bad that you just, you realize, hey, I can't handle this anymore. I've tried everything. I've gone you know, to the doctors or I've gone to uh, family members or whatever it might be for advice. And I've tried all these different things. Uh, I've tried all this self-help stuff and I just can't figure this out. And then we finally turn to God in this desperate prayer. We say, Lord, help me. I gotta get out of this. I don't know what's going on. I can't handle this anymore. I, I just need you to help me and but first, normally, what do we do? We go to a friend and ask for advice, or maybe you have a family member that you really trust and you go to ask for advice when you're going through something, or maybe you read a book, maybe you listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video, or, or maybe you go to a therapist or a doctor or whatever it is that you do to, to try to help yourself get through a situation in your life. Everybody has different things that they do to cope. and everything. Everybody has things that they do to try to get through whatever it is that you're going through. And then you might say something like this. You might've heard something like this before. Well, all we can do now is pray. It's just out of our hands. There's nothing else that we can do. I've tried everything. There's nothing else that we can do. But the problem is, is most of us, if we're being honest with ourselves, would end up taking it to God last, right? After we've done all this other stuff and after I've talked to my, my mom or my dad or my spouse or 
After I've talked to a friend or I've listened to the podcast or I've gone through this and I've, I've taken this course or whatever it might be in your life, you go through all those other options and then we finally say, well, I guess I should probably pray about this too, right? I guess I should take this to God. That's probably something that I should do. And it ends up becoming a last resort. And the first habit that we're talking about uh, today is prayer, the habit of prayer. That's the title of the message. If you wanna write, write it down, if you're taking notes, go for it, write it down, the habit of prayer. And we're gonna have a challenge that comes along with prayer at the end today. The thing with prayer is that people don't think of it in terms of, uh, a lot of people don't think that prayer is effective, right? If you're being honest with yourselves, like you ever thought to yourself, like, why am I even praying right now? You know, like, what is this even doing? Is this even making a difference? Like, does God really hear me? And is this actually making a difference in my life? I don't really understand what's happening right now. When you're, you feel like you're just kind of praying and you're just like hitting the ceiling above you and it's bouncing right back. You're not feeling like you're really connecting with God at all. Have you ever felt like that? I, def, I know that I felt like that for sure in my life. And so, but what I wanna tell you today is that prayer is so, so, so vital to not only your spiritual health, but actually even your physical health too. I'm telling you, prayer has so much to do with how we feel on a regular basis and it strengthens up your spiritual man. And we're gonna be talking about that today. So it, prayer does two things. Prayer does two things. I'm gonna tell you the first one right now is that prayer is your first line of defense. Prayer is your first line of defense. Notice I didn't say second, I didn't say third, I didn't say fourth, I didn't say last resort, last ditch effort. Prayer is your first line of defense. When you see something going, coming up in your life, when you see that there's an attack coming at you, I would encourage you to pray first. And that's a motto that you could write down. Something that I think that all of us should remember is just the simple adage, pray first, because it is our first line of defense. Now, uh, I'm a sports guy, okay? I love sports. If you stick around Radical Church for any period of time, you'll hear a lot of sports analogies, so bear with me. But uh, you've probably heard this before if you've ever been uh, in and around sports is a line called defense wins what? Championships. That's what I'm talking about. You are my people. Here we go. There was so many people that said that. It's amazing. Defense wins championships. And, and I firmly believe that defense does win championships. Some of the best championship teams that I've ever seen in any sport had a great defensive strategy. And I'm telling you right now, uh, the Cowboys got a good chance. Why? Their offense is great. But let me tell you, their defense is even better, okay? And, and that's the reason why, because if you can thwart the enemy, if you can thwart the opponent's plans that they have, right? then you have a much better chance of you being able to win the game. And there are so many times that you see in scripture where prayer was used as a first line of defense for people. I think the person that does it best is David. David is constantly praying prayers of defense, praying prayers of saying, God, would you help me? Uh, God, deliver me from my enemies. Lord, would you save me from the people that are trying to kill me right now? God, would you help me? And David was on the run for a big portion of his life. Uh, he had been anointed king and yet he's on the run, running away from people that were supposed to love him, that were supposed to care for him and yet they were trying to actually kill him. He's finding himself in caves and different cities and towns. He's probably very lonely by himself a lot of times. And, and David prays these prayers, God, would you deliver me from my enemies? Save me. And there's one prayer that we have right here. It's in 2 Samuel 22, three. And it says, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield. Somebody say shield. shield. 
the horn of my salvation, stronghold and refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I love that prayer. And that is a prayer. That's exactly what that is. is he's praying to God. He's saying, I take refuge in you, my shield. And what I want you to think about today, if you will, if you kind of just have this uh, going through your mind is that prayer is actually a shield. Prayer is a shield for you. And what does a shield do? Let's think about this for a second. If you were, you know, medieval times, let's say, okay, just take yourself back, right? So you have a shield and maybe there's a, a guy in front of you that has a sword and he's swinging it at you and it's hitting the other side of the shield. Or maybe there's somebody shooting flaming arrows at you, right? And you're just holding that shield up. You ever seen a movie? You know, there's just arrows coming in like crazy. You got the shield and you're holding it up. What do you see when you hold up the shield? You don't see the attack at all. You don't see the sword hitting the other side of it. You don't see the arrows that are hitting the other side of it. Maybe you can feel it and you can feel the resistance on it, but all you see is the back of the shield. You don't actually see the attack that's coming from the other side when you hold a shield in front of you. And that's how I kind of think of prayer many times as defense is that a shield will attack you, or excuse me, a shield will protect you from attacks that you don't even see. And prayer will do the same thing in your life. Prayer will actually shield you from attacks that you'll never even see. How many times have you ever prayed this prayer? And I'm sure if you've been in church at any point in your life or uh, you've heard this before, right before you go on like a large trip or something, you're gonna be driving for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the family gets together and right before you leave, what do you do? You pray and say, Lord, would you provide a hedge of protection around this vehicle, right? And let your angels fly along with us, alongside of us. We will wave to them outside of the windows. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? That's a prayer that you've heard before. And I'm, you're laughing because it's true. You know, you prayed it before. You're like, God, would you just protect us? I'm going seven hours to family I don't even like. So uh, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, you pray this prayer and you know, it, it maybe seems a little Christianese, right? It might seem a little Christianese, but I actually think it's an important prayer to pray. Just being honest. Why? Because how many times do you think that maybe you've been protected from something that you didn't even know was there? Have you ever gone and you've been driving on that same trip maybe and then you see a, a wreck that you pass and there's a bunch of traffic and all we do is complain about it, but you see a wreck and the cops haven't even shown up yet and so you know it happened not that, not that long ago, right? And you think, well, man, we stopped at the Bucky's on the way up and man, we would have been probably right there. How many of you know that there's probably times that God has protected you from things in your life that you didn't even know he was protecting you from? And many times I believe it's because of the prayers that we pray and we're holding up the shield and we're letting it go in front of us. And we're saying, God, you're my shield. You're my refuge. You're my strength. And as we hold up that prayer in front of us, the hedge of protection, whatever it is, whatever kind of Christianese words you wanna call it, I really do believe that the Lord goes before us. And I really do believe that he protects you and I in many situations that we find ourselves in. Prayer is a shield of defense for you. In Psalm 34, 17, it says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Prayer can actually deliver you out of your troubles. Isn't that amazing? It says that God hears us when we pray. And not only that, but he'll actually help you get out of what situation you're in. Now, the problem with this is, is in the New Testament, you see Jesus, he says, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Listen, being a Christian and believing in Jesus doesn't exempt you from all trouble, okay? It doesn't exempt you from having issues in your life. It doesn't exempt you from getting COVID. You know, it doesn't exempt you from all of these things. 
But so, so where's, it seems like there's a little bit of a disconnect because David right here says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers him out of all their troubles. So, I mean, that kind of seems like, well, that doesn't make sense because then Jesus later on says that we're gonna have troubles. And how many of you ever prayed for something before and it didn't, didn't come to pass? Maybe you prayed for a family member uh, that was sick and they ended up passing away or you prayed to get this job and you didn't get it. And it's like, well, I, I thought, God, that you said that you would deliver me out of my troubles and that you would help me, that you hear my prayers. And so where's the disconnect here? Being a Christian, believing in Jesus doesn't exempt us from all trouble, but this is how I like to think of it, is that prayer simply connects you to the one that has the answers. Prayer connects you to the one that has the answers to every problem that you face. Maybe the answer that you get back from God might not be what you expect. It might not be what you think is best, but the Bible also says that God's ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes we don't actually understand why God does the things that he does, why God allows the things that he allows. But listen, let me tell you, if you want to affect something in your life, prayer is the way to do it, okay? Prayer is the one, is the way that connects you to the God that has the answers. It says this in Ephesians six eighteen. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. Someone say all. With all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Prayer connects you to the one with the answers. So many times that we try to do things by ourselves, right? We try to do things on our own and we think, hey, you know what, I can, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. I can figure this out. Because why? Because we're prideful. Because we think that we can figure everything out on our own. And, you know, I've gotten this far in my life. I've been this successful in my life on my own. Okay, so, so do I really need God? And the answer is yes, you do need God. Why? Because like I said, you don't even know the things that God has been protecting you from. You don't even know how God has been providing for you in your life. You think that you did it all by yourself. But let me tell you, God holds every single bit of your life in his hands. And so I would much rather just personally, instead of going to a self-help book, instead of going to a friend or a family member, I would rather go to the God that literally created the universe, all right, and has the ability to affect things supernaturally, not just in the natural, but God can literally change things in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural, in your favor and in your benefit. Isn't that amazing? I would much rather go to that person and go to that God rather than go to my friend that doesn't know anything anyway, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, why would you do that? And yet that's what we do. We do that all the time. We think that we could figure it out. We think that our friend, you know, like Jim knows better than Jesus. So like, it doesn't even make sense, all right? Um, and yet that's something that we do. And the Bible right here, what does it say? Pray in the spirit on all occasions, all the time, with all kinds of prayers and requests. So what kind of prayers are okay to pray? Any kind of prayer, all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. The Bible says in another spot, make your requests made known to God. Actually, make your requests known to him. Pray out what it is that you want. And another, another place in the Bible says to pray without ceasing. And what does this tell me? What should this tell you? Is that there's never a bad time to pray and there's never a bad prayer to pray as long as it's given with the heart of thanks and of faith up to God. Never a bad time and there's never a bad prayer. And so this is how Prayer can be a great defense strategy when you see something coming or maybe you don't even know that there is anything out there that's coming your way that it's not gonna be good, but man, hold up that shield and let God go before you in prayer, amen? The next one and the second one for you today is prayer is your first attack strategy. 
Prayer is your first attack strategy. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm gonna read this passage here and then we're gonna look at how prayer is an amazing attack strategy. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teacher of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with him about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit and has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus is getting a little impatient. Come on, he needs to practice patience. Fruit of the spirit, come on. But Jesus is, he's just a little fed up here. He's like, just bring the boy to me. Okay, I'll fix it. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. I love that response. If you can, like, do you not, you don't know who I, okay, anyway. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. That is one of the most powerful things written in scripture. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, this is very important, listen up. Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by what? Prayer. This kind can come out only by prayer. Isn't that interesting? I think many times we don't think about the spirit realm. We don't think about angels and demons very often, right? Because we're just in our own world and living our own lives. But this was a very, very real thing that they were dealing with here, right? And, and Jesus recognizes this. The disciples recognize this the people recognize what's happening right now. And yet the disciples weren't able to cast out this demon from this boy. And Jesus comes on the scene and he does it very quickly. And the disciples are upset. And they're like, hey, why couldn't we do this? I mean, at this point, they've probably done this before. This isn't something that they haven't done before or else they, of course, they would have been perplexed. Like, well, we've never tried this before. So obviously this makes sense. No, you kind of get the idea from this passage that they've done this multiple times, okay? And yet they weren't able to get this one done. And here's the issue. As the disciples thought they could handle the problem using the knowledge of Jesus, but without the power of Jesus, they thought that they could do it based off of their knowledge of what they've done in the past and what they've seen Jesus do. And, and maybe we've done this before. And wait, I have the knowledge that this is possible. I have the knowledge that, that we can cast out this demon, but they didn't actually carry the power and the authority with Jesus in that moment because they had not been in prayer. Isn't that amazing? Um, 
I think that prayer is so important as an attack strategy because it builds muscles in your spiritual man that you never knew that you needed, right? Uh, I love, like I said earlier, I love to work out. It's a lot of fun. I haven't actually lifted weights in a while, but our drummer, Alec and I, come on, he's giving me the muscles back there. Yeah, we worked out together for a long time when we were uh, in college, we worked out, he played football. And so uh, I tried to work out with them because they knew what they were doing, you know? And so- and I played sports my whole life. And so I just grew up working out. It was a normal thing for me to do. But you know, when we were in college, I actually lived at his parents' house in San Antonio. And so he'd come back from school and we would hang out. We would go to Lifetime Fitness. We would just throw our money at that place because we were young and dumb and had no idea what we were doing. Anyway, and so uh, it was amazing though. It's a top of the line gym. I would do Zumba classes, you know what I'm saying? I was like getting it. Yeah, don't judge me, okay, all right? It's a good workout, people. So, but I, but I would work out. It was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, when I first started working out, I was real small, okay? When I graduated high school, I was this height. I was six, two and a half, almost six, I'll claim six, three, okay? Um, but I was this height and 160 pounds, okay? I was a rail. I was very, very thin, very tiny, okay? And I grew up real fast. I shot up real fast in high school and didn't have any meat on my bones at all. So I was trying to work out uh, to get some muscles. It was one of those things I could eat as many Big Macs as I wanted and I couldn't gain any weight. And then about you know, a few years later, I finally started to gain some weight. But man, it would have been dumb for me to go into Lifetime Fitness for the first time trying to work out and yeah, I was in shape, but you know, it would have been real dumb for me to walk in and try to pick up a hundred pound weight and just start curling it, right? There's no way, like this is impossible. It's not gonna happen. That's literally my wife, okay? Like you think I'm just gonna pick it, just like start curling? It's not gonna happen, okay? But, but now, okay, um, you know, I, I can do a little bit more than I used to be able to do. I have some dad strength, you know what I'm talking about? Like I had a kid and then you just start finding muscles that you never knew that you had, right? Like it just happens, okay? Uh, so I got that dad strength. I can't, I can't curl a hundred pounds, okay? But I can definitely curl a lot more. And when we would work out, I, you know, it would start with maybe a 15 and then I went to a 20, 25, 30. And every time we'd work out, I'd get better and better because I was being consistent with my workouts, right? We would go every day or every other day. Sometimes we would do two a days because why not? We had nothing else better to do. And so uh, I started able to being, uh, being able to curl a lot more and I was bench pressing more and I was working on all these muscles and I started to look pretty good. I was feeling pretty good about myself. But it would have been dumb for me to walk in and try to pick up hundred pound weight right when I first started, right? And in the same way, I think fighting your battles in your life without prayer would be like going into a gym and picking up a hundred pound dumbbell with no strength training and expecting to be able to lift it on the first try. I think that's what we're doing. When we're fighting battles in our lives without prayer, we're basically walking in with no spiritual muscles at all and trying to take on a giant. And it's just not gonna happen. And this is what Jesus says right here in this passage. It's not gonna happen if you haven't been in prayer. This demon, you need some spiritual muscles, okay? You need to be working out in prayer and your spiritual man needs to be strong in order to take on some of this stuff that's gonna be coming against you in your life. Prayer builds spiritual muscles, all right? I'm telling you, prayer builds spiritual muscles and it's necessary, not optional, to maintain and strengthen your relationship with God. It's not something where you can just kind of like, hey, I'm not gonna pray for a while and then I'm still gonna have the same relationship. What if you did that with your spouse? Come on, that'd be ridiculous, right? You're like, oh, I'm just not gonna talk to you for like a couple of weeks and then I'll come back and we'll see how we're doing, right? <laughs> that's, 
that's not gonna work out very well for you. You're gonna be on the couch and you're gonna be there for a while, okay? Like, it's just not gonna happen. In the same way, though, we think that we can just kind of approach God whenever we feel like it, right? And we're gonna have the same level of relationship as if we were talking to him every day. It's just logical. It's not like, some people will say, well, that's not fair, but I should be able to come to God whenever I want. You can, of course you can. But there's something about having a consistent relationship with God every single day. And if you miss a day, don't miss two, right? Go to the next day and say, you know what? I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't, I didn't pray yesterday. Man, I, I just wanna come before you. I just wanna say thank you for my family. Thank you for my kids. And I just pray you bless this day today. It doesn't have to be some long drawn out prayer. It just has to be something consistent. Pray all the time. Pray without ceasing with all kinds of prayers and requests. It's necessary to strengthen your relationship with God. But here's the thing as an attack strategy that I wanna really get at today is that as we can see in this passage, there are some giants in your life that you will never conquer without prayer. There's some giants in your life and some things that you will never be able to overcome until you take it to God, amen? The disciples were not able to conquer this giant of this demon that was in front of them, probably taunting them, probably just making fun of them at this point because demons, that's, that's the kind of dumb stuff they like to do, right? They like to make fun. They like to tear down. They like to lie. This is what Satan does. This is what the enemy does in his kingdom, right? And so the disciples aren't able to do it and they're perplexed. They're like, why aren't we able to do this? And Jesus said, because you have not been strengthening your spiritual muscles through prayer. And if you don't, you'll never be able to overcome this giant in your life. How many of you would would understand today that maybe there are some things in your life that if you would just take it to God consistently, if you would pray consistently and you start to build some of your spiritual muscles, maybe there's some stuff in your life that you'd be able to overcome. Some of these things that you're making New Year's resolutions for, how about if we just pray about those things instead of trying to do it on our own strength, instead of getting on a podcast to tell you how to make your life better in 21 days, whatever it might be, if you would take your life to God and drop it off at his feet and say, Lord, this is yours, I'm gonna pray consistently, I'm gonna build my spiritual muscles. Maybe some of those things would start to fall off of you and start some of those habits that you've been wanting would start to attach themselves to you simply because you decided to give your life to God through prayer, amen? You're gonna need these spiritual muscles too, I'm telling you, because the Bible says that we are actually in a war. Did you know that? The Bible says we're in a war. Every single day, there is a spiritual battle going on all around us. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We can have someone come up, play some piano. For our struggle is not in flesh and blood. It's not in flesh and blood. Not against you versus me. That's what the enemy wants us to think though is that our battles are against each other. It gets us distracted fighting against each other that we don't even remember that we're fighting against Satan. He gets me to hate you and you to hate me. He gets us to get divided to a place where we can no longer have community anymore. He gets us separated and then he takes us down one by one. That's just good attack strategy. That's a good strategy by Satan. It makes perfect sense, right? In war, that's what you would do. You wouldn't want a people to be united together, right? Fighting as one with the common purpose and the goal. That's not what you would want. You wanna separate them, divide them, and then pick them off one by one. That's what Satan's trying to do to you and me and our nation right now. That's a whole nother sermon, people. Come on. <laughs> Woo. Therefore, oh, hold on, hold on. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, the powers of this dark world 
and against what? The spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. That you can stand your ground against the enemy's plans. So Jesus affirms in this other passage here, we see that, that there, is, uh, there are different kinds of demons that have different roles in the world. They do different things. They have different jobs and different roles. Angels are the same way, okay? And I know this is maybe new to some people, but some people might understand this and know this, but many times throughout scripture, you can see that the demons and the angels have different roles and responsibilities. They're responsible for different things. He says, well, this kind only comes out by prayer. So this is a very specific thing. You have to be in prayer in order to cast this demon out. Isn't that crazy? And in Daniel 10, you see there's an angel that actually visits Daniel. This is, this is really cool. And tells him that he was being opposed by the prince of the Persian kingdom. So this angel appears to Daniel and says, hey, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I was being opposed by the prince of the Persian kingdom. This demon was just giving me a hard time and I had to deal with him. Uh, but I'm here now to tell you what I needed to tell you. And we don't think of angels and demons in this way, right? We think of like, oh, they actually, they have stuff to do and they have jobs and assignments and roles. And, and there's actually angels that are out there fighting for you every single day. Did you know that? And there's demons that are trying to distract you away from what God has for you in your life. And I think maybe you could tell at some points in your life, you might be able to realize when you're under a spiritual attack. Have you ever felt something like that before? I know I've felt a spiritual attack before and usually to be honest, it's when I'm growing closer to Jesus. As I grow closer to Jesus, Satan just tries to get stronger and stronger in his attacks against you. Because if you're growing closer to God, now you're a great threat. Now you got big problems for Satan, okay? But if you're distracted and divided against each other and we're not in habit of prayer every single day and we're not building those spiritual muscles every day, Satan has no reason to attack you because he's already got you exactly where he wants you. So if you're ever going through a hard time and you feel a spiritual attack right after a big moment and after a big breakthrough and, and finding something new about yourself and getting a revelation about Jesus and, and understanding his presence and, and maybe he's spoken something to you and you're just like, man, I just feel God so much right now. And then immediately after you have a horrible spiritual attack or something bad happens in your life, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, it has something to do with the spiritual battle around you. But we just don't understand it because most of the time we don't think in that way. The disciples were trying to attack this demon, but without the proper armor, without the proper strength training, they failed miserably. And what I wanna tell you today is, don't just be on the defense with prayer, but go on the attack. God calls us not to just be defensive and not just to say, oh, and you know, I don't want the demons to get me. Listen, there is nothing to be afraid of, right? I know that people start talking about angels and demons, it gets a little weird and some people get nervous and everything. Like there's spiritual battle going on around me. Like what if, you know, something happens and a demon gets me, all right? Listen, no, 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 that's not how that works, okay? You believe in Jesus, the Bible says that God is fighting for you, okay? And if God be for you, who can be against you, amen? Like there's nothing that could come against us when we put our faith in Jesus right? There's nothing that can come against you and, and take you down, right? When you give your life to Jesus, God is now fighting your battles for you. He is on your side. He is right next to you. And if you would just get down on your knees in prayer and start to build some of those spiritual muscles, now you'll be able to fight back alongside with Jesus, okay? Listen, I'm telling you, you're going to need those muscles because you're in a war. And prayer 
is simply your way to influence those spiritual battles around you. If you want a way to influence your life and you want a way to influence the stuff that's happening in the spiritual realm that's all around us, you can't see it with your eyes. You say, well, how do I, how do I even make a difference? What do I even do? Like, uh, is there anything I can do? Yes, prayer. This is because God hears our prayers and delivers us out of our troubles. And let me tell you, if you would just pray and ask God for protection, if you would pray and ask God to thwart the plans of the enemy for your life, for your kids' lives, over your family, over your church, over your community, I'm telling you, God will fight alongside of you and you can actually pick up a sword and fight along with him. Listen, I don't wanna be a defensive guy for my whole life. Listen, defense wins championships, that's great. But Michael Jordan was awesome, not because he played defense, because he scored, all right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna score. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna take ground for the kingdom of God. Man, we got a mission. We got people to see saved, healed, and delivered. We got stuff to do, y'all. We can't just sit back and let things come to us and just be fighting away like we're scared. That's not how we operate as Christ followers. We take ground for the kingdom. We're bold. We're strong. We have authority in Jesus so we can live in that way and with some boldness, knowing that God is on our side. Amen? Come on. Hey, uh, I'd love everybody to stand up with me today as we talk about the weekly challenge that we have, and I'm sure you can maybe figure out what it is if you haven't already. But one day of working out, maybe what if I would have gone with Alec and I said, hey, let's work out and let's work out once every two weeks, right? We lifted weights once every two weeks. You think we're gonna get results? There's no way. There's no way you're not going to. You might feel a little bit healthier on the day or the day after. You might just honestly be sore because it's not consistent. Your muscles aren't having time to get used to the, the, the breaking down and building back up. If you only work out once every couple of weeks, you'll just be sore for a couple of days after and you probably lose those muscles. You have to redo it over again and over again and over again. You'll never actually gain anything. Prayer has to be consistent, has to be consistent. And that's why this series is called Habits because prayer needs to become a habit in your life if it isn't already. And maybe you feel guilty about that. Some of y'all are saying, man, I, I don't pray that often and I know that I need to, but I don't. Or maybe some of you have never really established a habit of prayer in your life. I would encourage you to start today. Start right now. Start this week with us. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have a weekly challenge to pray every day. Some of you, that might be very simple. Like, yeah, I already do that. Great, keep it up encourage other people in our church, encourage people around you to pray every day. Some of you haven't prayed in weeks or months and you know that, right? Maybe you only go to God when you need something, right? And, and you, you get to that desperate, desperate prayer, the desperation of, God, I'm in the middle of something. I can't figure this out. I need your help. Or somebody is sick and we end up praying to God. And listen, there's nothing wrong with going to God when you need something, right? But I think it's so much more powerful when we can have the habit and the discipline of praying every day, build those spiritual muscles so that you're not playing the defense all the time, but we can actually go on offense and fight against the kingdom of darkness and fight for Jesus and see his plans and his purposes in your life come to fruition, amen? So we're gonna pray every day. Uh, every morning, uh, I haven't decided what time, but we're gonna have, we're gonna have coffee and prayer every morning for the next seven days, okay? If you would join me, I would absolutely love it. We're gonna be live on our Facebook page and I'm just gonna go live by myself. I'm just gonna grab my coffee in the morning. 
uh, and I'm gonna go live and I'm gonna pray. And if there's any prayer requests that you have, anybody online, if you have any prayer requests, you guys can join me and type in the prayer request and I will go through every prayer and we'll pray together. We'll have a prayer focus every day. And I encourage you just to hop on if you're able to, whatever time that I end up going on, probably 7, 8 a.m., somewhere around there. Some of y'all are like, 7, 8 a.m., Lord Jesus. Now, but uh, listen, I think it's so important to start your day off the right way. Start your day off with Jesus. It makes everything better, I'm telling you. And we're gonna have a seven-day prayer guide too. There's a, a actual prayer guide in the YouVersion Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app on your phone, you can just type, Bible and it will pop up, download it. It's from Life Church. It's an incredible free resource where you can read the Bible right there on your iPhone. And they have great plans to help you study your Bible. Uh, and, and there's a prayer plan in particular that talks more in depth about what prayer is than we have for just today. And so we're gonna go through that together every day. I'll probably actually go through the devotional on the live stream every morning. I'll do it right along with you guys. And I encourage you to pray every day, go through the devotional every day and start to build those spiritual muscles, okay? What I wanna do right now is I wanna back it up with some prayer, okay? Because we can't just talk about prayer and then not pray. It doesn't make sense. So I know that there's some people that have needs out here today. I know there's some people that are online that have needs. And I encourage you, if you are online, would you just let us know, hey, I have a prayer need. This is something that's going on in my life. Would you pray with me? Uh, Pastor, would you pray with me? There's gonna be people in the comment section that will pray right along with you. They'll type out a prayer right then and there. And I believe that God can work just as powerfully through that as he can right here in this room. So if you have a need here today, I would just like to ask you, would you just raise your hand? I just wanna see, I'm not gonna make you do anything weird, but if you just got something going on, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Keep your hands up, keep your hands up. Come on, I wanna see you, all right sickness or job or whatever it might be. Okay, awesome, awesome. There's about 15, 20 people that very quickly raise their hands. I know there's some more of you that definitely have a need. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, whatever it might be. But I want you right now in your own heart to take this to God. And we're gonna believe with you together as we pray that God is working all things out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Amen, I believe that every single one of you are called according to the purposes of God. So I believe that God's working things out for you, okay? So let's bow our heads in prayer. Take that thing in your heart to God right now, whatever that is. And what I would ask you to do is I would ask you to be bold. And I want every single person in this place today to practice prayer. Practice prayer, what does that mean? It means I want you to pray out loud. I don't want you to be nervous about what people around you think. It could be under your breath, that's fine. You don't have to be like, thus saith the Lord. You know, like I'm not, you don't have to do any of that, okay? But just pray out loud and ask God for what you need. Take this prayer to him, take this need to him, whatever it is in your life. And everybody just pray together as I'm praying over you and then I will close us out at the end, amen? Let's pray. Father, right now, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're here with us right now, Lord, that there, there's so many needs and so many desires and wants and things that are going on in our lives, Lord. Giants that we have in front of us, Lord. There's a spiritual battle going on all around us. And Lord, I know that there's people right here, right now that are dealing with the spiritual battle. They're dealing with a spiritual attack. They might not even know it. They're just like, well, I just feel bad. And I'm just in a bad mood all the time or I'm angry all the time or 
I don't understand why my family is, is not together and why we're not clicking on all cylinders. I don't understand what's going on right now at my job. And uh, I feel like there's so many things coming against me right now. And Lord, I pray that you would just open their eyes to see that, I mean, there's a spiritual battle going on right now, Lord, and we need to come to you because a natural uh, response and a natural solution is not going to take care of a supernatural problem. And so, Lord, we bring it to you, Lord, with the supernatural answers that you have in our lives, God. I ask for healing right now in the name of Jesus for anybody in this room that is sick. Lord, I speak over cancer in the name of Jesus. I speak over heart problems in the name of Jesus. I speak over arthritis in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, we just ask that you would wipe sickness out of this place in the name of Jesus. For people that are online right now that are watching, I ask, Lord, that you would touch them right where they're at with their family and their friends that maybe you're sick with COVID right now. God, we pray against COVID in the name of Jesus. This is not your plan for this world. We know that this is a spiritual attack on our world, but Father, right now we ask that you would wipe this thing out in the name of Jesus, that you would protect us, that you would keep us safe, Lord, that, we would, that you would be the shield that goes before us, Lord, in our lives, that you would help us to step into the destiny that you have for each and every one of us. And God, right now, whatever the needs are that are represented here, Anyone under the sound of my voice, God, I ask that you would meet them right where they're at. You would meet them right where they're at, Lord, that you would comfort them, that you would let them know that you're there with them, fighting their battles alongside of them and help us to establish a habit and a discipline of prayer in our lives. That as we pray every day over the next seven days, that you would start something in us that we would continue for the rest of our lives, Lord, this thriving, beautiful relationship that you want to have with us that all of us can have, but yet so many of us don't do. And so many of us choose not to have that with you. Father, I pray that you would show us how amazing a relationship with you really is. So much so that we would start our day with you, we would go through our day with you, and we would end our day with you praying all the time. And Lord, help us to see that prayer works and prayer matters. And as we communicate with you that things in our lives change for the better. Why? Because we're petitioning the one who has the answers. So God, we love you. We thank you. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus in this place today? I believe that God is already right now answering some prayers. I believe he's already encouraging hearts, which is amazing. Um, what I'm really, really excited to do right now and to tell you guys about is we are going uh, to have at least one person I know of baptized here today. And if you would like to be baptized, if you've given your life to Jesus recently, or if you're giving your life to him right now, maybe you've been baptized in the past, but you say, you know what? Like, I wanna get baptized again. Last time it didn't really mean anything. I was a kid or whatever it might be. Listen, I encourage you, take that step right now. I don't care if you're in your full clothes right now, okay? Come on, let's get cold and do a polar plunge for Jesus, baby. Come on, you know what I'm saying? So uh, we have these two little heaters in there. I don't know if it's really working, but you know, we'll find out. We'll see, the first person won't be able to tell me. So, um, but I'm really excited. What I wanna do is I wanna have everybody stick around that can stick around because this is a huge moment for people that get baptized. It's gonna be right outside. So as you're dismissed, go pick up your kids. Uh, and then in about five minutes, we'll baptize anybody that wants to be baptized. If you do want to be, just go right down this hallway, right down here, and we'll have shorts and a t-shirt for you. And you can meet us outside and we'll get you baptized right here today to show your faith in Jesus. Amen. All right, let's do this. Stick around. Hey, we love you guys. God bless.